Welcome to the HR on the Offensive podcast, brought to you by Lace Partners. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the latest HR on the Offensive podcast. It's me, Chris Hanwood, joining you once again, and I'm joined by Max Bailey, who is our Client Executive Director for our tech advisory side of the business. Max, how are you doing? You all right? Great, Chris. Really great pleasure to be here on this, um, this fine Thursday morning. Yes, fine Thursday morning indeed. So today's podcast that I wanted to talk to you about is actually in relation to a blog that we as a business wrote or coming out two and a half years ago now. And the blog was called Five Simple Steps to Successfully Prepare Your Transition to Business as Usual Operations. Now, the reason why I wanted to just get your input and thoughts based on this particular piece is that it's actually one of our most read blogs. So clearly, um, when it comes to individuals, HR professionals looking at their cloud implementations, their, the idea and the concept of, of BAU and getting that right is, is obviously a, a much searched term. So I wanted to pick your brains on that. The piece breaks it down into obviously these five different sections. So what I thought I'd do is just go almost section by section and get your views on what's changed. Has anything changed? It may be that the advice that we've got is still relevant in today's in today's world. And this is post, we're not into post-pandemic world now, but we've certainly had a, a roller coaster over the last two years, haven't we? We certainly have. And two and a half years ago, golly, that would have been the middle of 2019, which certainly certainly feels like the dark ages, given since then we've had, well, we've grown a lot as a business. We've had two years of pandemic. Technology's moved on. Everyone's used to, to working virtually now. I remember at the start of the pandemic, it was almost a, I think I, I could count on one hand how many times I've done a video conference call at the start of the pandemic. Now I do you know, more than that number in, in, in any given morning. So just the, the way of working's changed, the world's moved on. And I'd almost say that some of those things that were quite new at the start of the pandemic, like the virtual working as a norm, now are really a norm. So I, yeah. I do think it's well worth looping back through those questions and just reflecting on how much has changed, how much has saved the same. Yeah, so let's focus on the first bit then. So the first bit of these five bits of advice, I don't leave it to the last minute. Don't wait until your program has completed or your your implementation of to the cloud is, is already underway before you're then getting your head into a process of, you know, you're ready to, to do that BAU side. So from your perspective, I guess that probably, the advice is probably still the same, but has the, my question to you is, has the pandemic kind of sped up the need for teams running these programs and therefore thinking about BAU post-launch? You know, does it need to happen even quicker than usual than people were, do, were looking at it pre-pandemic? It's a, it's a great question, Chris. Um, and I'd probably come at it from a couple of different dimensions. I think, I think with the pandemic, it's putting pressures on building teams, ways of working, keeping in touch, that sense of, if, if I could be so bold, almost empathy and in intimacy with your with your colleagues and understanding, you know, what motivates them, how to best work with them has all been a bit harder in the remote world. And, and where that's relevant to the starting early piece on your BAU model is 
it's always been very fair to say that during a major transformation, during a move to the, such as moving to the cloud, your way of working or, or support model, your BAU model post the transformation is going to likely be quite different to what it was beforehand. So the sooner you can be clear on the model and start transitioning to that model or preparing to transition to that model, the better. So I think that that advice still absolutely holds. Mm. I'd also argue that, you know, with the increased focus on business cases, perhaps, that actually being clear what your future state model is going to be, even as early as your as your business case, is quite important because you need to allocate for those costs or those changing costs right from the upfront when you're getting your, your business case and your roadmap approved. Now, the, the actually building the team, that's, I think, what has changed. So if you're mm. bringing new new people or you're changing personalities you're changing roles building new skills that all now needs to be done remotely so that these types of skills that organizations are looking at so that has that in itself changed and the reason why i'm asking that is i think it's quite interesting we did i did a podcast with raj sundarison from walk me and he talked about he looked at it from a digital adoption lens and he said we're going to start seeing more and more of these digital job adoption consultants start cropping up within businesses so are you seeing those kind of similar types of different types of skills evolving and emerging post pandemic that you would have seen for these kind of programs and these sort of teams in place yeah, it's a, that's a really interesting question because if I if I think of um, the phrase digital adoption consultant, it sounds it sounds a little bit science fictiony and new and cutting yeah. and all of those sorts of good things. I I do wonder if that's the new name for change and adoption. So ad- adoption has always been one of the critical roles when you're when you're doing a large transformation, whether that was on premise, whether it was moving to the cloud. It's always been a critical a critical critical role, getting people to adopt the new ways of working, adopt the new platform. These days we call it digital adoption, and and the reason we call it digital adoption is um, it's all about getting people to use the new digital tooling and, in fact, the tools that you use to train them or give them access to training at point of need have moved on a long way from, have moved on a huge amount from the old, you know, uh, instructor-led learning or standard operating procedures or job aids. So now you have tools like WalkMe that allow you to do point of need training through a digital adoption layer that sits on top of your core platforms. So the, so I think it's very fair to say that there's a change in focus in the change and adoption role, if I if I may, and it needs new skills. Mm-hmm. And that's really where the, the digital adoption consultants come from. Yeah. So just um, just moving on from that, then one of the bits that we say in the blog and um, one of our bits of advice is making sure that you define your budget for BAU post implementation. Um, and often um, clients are underestimating what's needed for that hyper care and, and the periodic releases side of it. I guess that in itself is probably self evident, but are we seeing from the clients that we speak to, are we seeing that they're more aware of their requirements post pandemic? Has it not really changed? You know, or have budgets been easier to justify because those projects, because of what's happened during the pandemic, those projects that have come up because people have been, you know, moved to hybrid working and therefore businesses have had to very, very quickly justify additional spend on, you know, people infrastructure that they've built into into their businesses. Yes, I think I think on that note, I would say that the the budget 
is probably always as, as hard to get as it's always been. What has changed, I think definitely partly with the pandemic and partly with the um, maturing of the of the of the market, frankly, is the recognition with audiences and with um, with with clients, with end users that that there is a need for an HRIS team or a support team, a cloud operating team, post the implementation. There was a time with cloud. There was a there was a, a little bit of an urban myth in the market that this thing didn't need a run team. Now, partly that was true because you needed a lot less of the hardcore IT resources, but that was switched across to be more business-centric, change in adoption, business adoption, configura- configuration resources. So the way some organizations and, and some vendors interpreted that was you didn't need a support team. What we're seeing now very much so is that is the support team, the cloud operations team is absolutely critical. Um, and if anything, the the pandemics re-emphasized that because, you know, who are the people you go to when you need to find out how to use the system? Well, it's that team. Um, and I think there's just a recognition that they're necessary, albeit that the skills are now less IT centric and more business centric. Yeah. And are you then are we then seeing that HR is becoming more involved rather than the IT side? So one of the things that we talked about in the blog two years ago was there's increased responsibilities when you're going through a cloud migration there's increased responsibilities on the HR team away from the IT team uh, has that increased much do, do we are we starting to see HR become more involved in, in controlling that BAU side um, that's that's certainly been the intent with most clients we're working with so what what's changed is the is the number of people involved in supporting the platform may well have gone down a little bit but the proportion between it and hr has switched quite dramatically not just because of the pandemic but mainly because of the switch from on-premise to cloud and and so what you you quickly find is that the the IT organization, whilst they play a critical role, particularly around integration, infrastructure, information security, those types of things, the IT organization are a smaller proportion of the overall support model than than they were pre-move to cloud. I don't think that's necessarily changed with the pandemic, um, but it has highlighted, given the need for remote work and remote support, um, how much more business-centric the support team needs to be overall. Yeah, um, certainly, certainly. Um, so one of the other sections that we we have within the um, within the blog looks at telling the story and telling it again. Get people on board early and repeat the messages about the benefit of the platform. So I mean, just want you to give us some reflections on that piece and how you think has that changed much. I, I suspect that that underlying message is a message which pre-pandemic, post-pandemic is is still relevant. But just give me some of your reflections from that perspective. Yeah, I think, I think well, telling the story about the platform, telling the story about the transformation clearly presupposes that you've already decided what the future looks like. So having that target operating model, being able to tell the story about the values or the, or the value that the transformation will bring across people, process, technology, that that should really be beginning as early as the business case, right, as the business case approval, because that's where you get the agreement from the board to fund the transformation. Um, so you would hope at the exact levels that that story has started right at the very beginning of shaping what the roadmap looks like. You know, why are we going on this journey? Why is it better for us as an organization? Why is it better for our people? 
those key messages should be defined and shared right at the beginning of the journey at an exact level, at a funding level. Then as you start drilling down into the sort of the adoption dimensions, what does it mean for HR individual, you know, HR administrators or groups of HR administrators? What does it mean for a country lead? What does it mean for a line manager? What does it mean for an employee? I think having a very clear what we, we might call a change impact assessment or messaging strategy around each of those different personas, I think that is is as important as it always was. I'm not sure if the, the pandemic's necessarily made it any more important, but it's very true to say that having that messaging clear, crisp, starting the story early, sharing with people early so they know what's coming is a very, very good thing to be doing. But there's a couple of other things you would usually layer into that, which is to not overpromise. I mean, if you're if you're promising too much at the start of the implementation, and as we know, implement you need to keep a huge sense of humor throughout the implementation. You may not deliver all the things that you begin promising, right? Things, yeah. scope changes, time changes, you know, different impacts on the business. So whilst I think clear messaging for each of those audiences through the implementation is critical and starting early, the specific change that's going to take place should be in the second half of the implementation. So people know something's coming. They've got no idea what it is, but you're not not over-promising. So, yeah, it's the frequency, isn't it? Like the frequency of the way in which you're communicating with people that this change is happening, that's going to be the same. Okay, what might have changed is the way in which you're communicating, i.e., you know, we can't get everybody in the office together, you know, face-to-face and explain some of the changes we're going to be doing. It. So the, the channels, I guess, are a little bit different, but the the underlying message has got to be got, got to remain the same as a pandemic's probably not made that much of a difference really, has it? Yeah, definitely no, it's a really good shout. The channels have definitely changed because you know no longer would you be standing up in the in the project site giving everyone an update and going into the going, you know, putting up posters in the in the in the lunchroom or or giving presentations at, at BAU stand-ups. You'd be doing all of that remotely. So the channels have certainly changed, even if the call it the methodology or the approach hasn't changed so much yeah so but that's most of the bits of advice that are from the historical blog that we've written but I just wanted to before we wrap up today's piece I wanted to get your thoughts right now if you if you could just give our listeners just one piece of advice to think about when it comes to their sort of preparing for BAU is there anything that really stands out from your perspective you know if you if you only take this one piece of advice, if you only listen to one thing from this podcast, let it be this, do this bit first. What would that be? Um, I think I think it's just a, I do it almost as a prioritization. And what I mean by that is, is I think the transition to BAU is, is, is as important and needs as much focus as the implementation itself. So implementing the technology, changing processes, migrating data, building integrations, these are all hard technical things to be doing, even if a lot of it's now configuration. And people will often focus more on the implementation than the transition to BAU. And I think, particularly with with the pandemic and the remote working, putting more emphasis on the transition to BAU, I think is is probably where my biggest piece of advice would be. Yeah, it's one of those things, isn't it? Like if you're going to implement a new piece of tech, the actual 
process of embedding that into your business if you think about the life cycle of the life the life cycle of that tech is a very very small bit at the start you know you want this piece of tech to be good for five years ten years whatever it is it's embedded in so it doesn't really make sense when you think about it logically not to invest all of that time given that most of your time is spent on BAU and getting those release updates and things like that absolutely Chris it's been an absolute pleasure yeah, it's been brilliant. Thank you very much for getting some of your time uh, today, Max. And um, you can hear this podcast on SoundCloud. We're on Spotify. Uh, you can go to Lace Partners website. Go to www.lacepartners.co.uk forward slash insights and then just click the podcast button. You can see all of our uh, back catalogue. We're also on Apple uh, podcast. You can give us a like, follow. You can comment if you like. Um, and if you have any suggestions that you'd like us to talk about on the HR on the Offensive podcast, then please, we'd be welcome to get any kind of feedback or advice. So on behalf of myself and Max, thank you very much. And we will see you next time on the HR on the Offensive podcast. Bye-bye.